Good morning. This is the A to Z podcast. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Knott. Shouts to Scene, the Honeymoon Grill, to American Fireworks and Cleveland Whiskey for helping to make this thing happen. American Fireworks is a good place to get gift certificates for Christmas presents or just go ahead and be that crazy uncle this year, buy some fireworks, and bring them to the Christmas festivities. Um, a to Z podcast.com, Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. We get wound up here. We venture into mature slash immature subjects and sometimes say four letter words. So if that's not for you or if you're in a work environment, uh, put some earbuds on or come back another time. We don't want anyone to ever get in trouble for listening to A to Z. And on this edition of the A to Z podcast, hopefully we'll talk like Ohio State hoops and maybe some baseball and whatever else. Yeah. Hi, Andre. Yeah. Hey, how are you? Good evening. Uh, Hi, moms that all love me. I love you back. Um, it's one of those days. I've been, I've been going through it. I've been questioning a lot. But I will say this, and in a very positive light, um, I could bitch and moan and complain on this podcast, uh, but I got a lot of family, friends, and just family. There's a lot of people going through it. And I know that um, we laugh, joke, we have fun on this podcast, but just I've had some things really touch my heart in a weird in a weird way. I hate to say weird, but just had a lot going on. When you got kids and see other things going on with other kids and other families so happy holidays hopefully this can brighten your day um i know that we aren't may not be for everyone but i hope uh the people that are listening that we you know we give you the 45 55 30 minutes to take you away from whatever uh has been bothering you whatever's going on in your life shout out to the better half of the jackson brothers for actually having a winning record uh in 2019 not sure that'll last through 2020 uh so because <laughs> So, Brody, we're here for you. I have a trophy for you for the first 10 games of the season. I'm very proud of you, son. Uh, as is your dad, as is your mom. Uh, way to outshine that chubby, grossy, your brother, one more time. Right, he comes st- out with a book. You let me stop you record. right there. So, <laughs> let's, let's play American Fireworks Glory Days right now because I was thinking earlier yes. about this. So, um, the UPG Bobcats are off to six and one start, and, and I got to give a heartfelt shout-out to all involved because I watched the first game. Um, buzzer to buzzer, and I thought, JTFC, here we go again. But they've rallied the troops, and they've won six in a row. <laughs> and as Cousin Andre said, uh, <laughs> as Cousin Andre said, we'll see what happens in 2020, but we don't apologize for wins around here. We stack them. Uh, there's only one game this week right. because it's finals week, and that's the case. If you follow college basketball like I do, that's the case. It's a pretty light schedule. Um, as, as teams go through their finals. And it reminds me of one of the years Brody was coaching at Mount Union. Um, it was this time of year, and I was down there because Mount – and this year's the exception. Uh, over a three-decade period, Mount's usually playing football yeah. at this time of year, right? So I was working right. on a story. And um, I don't know if it was finals week. I think it was maybe more the week before finals. But anyway, I'm in my brother's office and Coach Fuelin's office down there. And, uh, you know, they're getting everything in order for Christmas break, and they were going on a trip and – course one of the things you do and especially when you coach d3 you do it all yourself is got to make sure your players are eligible right so i'm sitting in brody's office and i'm on my laptop and he's on his and he's going through the the questionable guys grades like you know where are we well you know when you and i were in school dre and and coach asked or mom and dad asked or whomever it was uncle grandpa neighbor asked we could lie right well Today Absolutely. you can't because you just see it right there. So there's right, two right. things I'll never forget. <laughs> Brody on the phone with one kid telling him to come in because they had to get ready for a final in such and such class. And the 
kid says on speakerphone, Coach, I'm I'm fine. And Brody says, no, you have a 40%. And he's like, no, Coach, I'm fine. Yeah. And Brody's like, it's right here in front of me. Like, you're lying to me. Get your ass in here. You got right. 10 minutes. And then there was another right. one where they're going over, and there was like three grades that were questionable. I'll never forget this conversation as long as I live. He goes, hey, uh, I'll, I'll leave out the name. Hey, hey, so-and-so, yeah. Um, we're not doing so well in Russian. No, Coach, we're not. Hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. You got enough trouble with English. Why in the hell are you taking Russian to start with? (laughs) 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 But if I remember correctly, everybody got eligible. Those finals went well, and the Raiders went on to have a good year, and they're having a good year again. So um, that's life. That's life in sports, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Yes, it is. (laughs) Well, shout out out to Coach Fueline and Mikey. Hopefully there's a lot of milkshakes uh, in the winter for them as well. Uh, and, and hopefully Brody can do the same. All right. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. We will get to a portion of the Browns, but I'm going to do us a favor because this podcast is about us more than it is about you. I'm half kidding there. I'm half not. Um, they're draining us. They're draining everybody. So I'm going to ask you a question with all the bowl games set up, and we did not set this up. This is just me off the top of my head. and I've been thinking about this because I know how Zach is. I know him better than he wants to know me. Um, and I well, let me tell this story first. So, you know, it's Christmas time, and, you know, we're you, you're like in my household, there's constantly trying to get gifts for different family members, constantly trying to set up dinners and, and meeting certain people and being around certain people because you haven't been ever around them, and it's Christmas break coming up. So my wife buys all this great food last night to make a dinner that we're having later on this week, da 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 And this morning, in typical fashion, she questions me about something, and I barely – I mumbled an answer that really wasn't true. And she said, I don't – she goes, I just don't think – that the fridge is keeping everything cold. And I mumbled back, well, I made the kids lunch, and I made and I ate cereal, and I didn't throw up yesterday, and I'm drinking coffee. Like, I made it about me. And this is like, you know, this is 8 in the morning. I go, everything's fine. It's not that cold, but we'll be fine. We got a break. The refrigerator is like three and a half years old. And, and of course, the, the warranty just went out. So to prove our point, around noon, she goes to Target or whatever and gets a thermometer to see if the temperature really was dropping or going back and forth. And I'm like, well, it's still... I go, it's not as cold as it usually is. Just turn it down some. And she's like, I did, Andre. I'm like, eh, we'll be all right. So she goes out and gets the thermometer, and then she gets it. And obviously, I was wrong. She was right. Um, our, our, our refrigerator's not keeping temperature down. And I got to tell you, the most frustrating part about it, and look, we're blessed enough. We're lucky enough. It's going to get taken care of. We'll have a new one, whatever. My kids are spoiled. I'm spoiled. My family's spoiled. Whatever. That's great. But do you know, and I know there's a lot of you guys out there that can play off of this. Do you know the crappy places I've stayed in since I was 18 and left my parents home? Zach Jackson. Do you know the places I stayed in in Kent that had some of the rattiest, most terrible kitchens of all time? Do you know some of the apartments I've had throughout Cleveland and Akron and Lakewood? And I finally got a brand spanking new at 30 years old, my late 30s. I finally got a brand new refrigerator, and it was and it had all the tools and ice buckets and water coming out and all that other shit. Warm up the water and do all this, all that swanky wanky stuff, and it went out on me. If that's not a congrat, a couple weeks from Christmas, I don't know what is. That is. But I gotta say, in the moment, in the moment in time where I want to punch scream and say every four-letter word that I know, and Lord knows I was mumbling. My daughter came with the most the most Zach Jackson, Andre Knott thing that I've ever heard. She goes, well, Dad, you don't got to cook those steaks. We can go to Swinson's or we can get pizza for dinner tonight. 
And I got to tell you, for all the times my kids drive me crazy and make me question whether I should have had kids, I looked down at my daughter and I said, you know what, honey? Your dad taught you some good lessons. Let's go get some pizza. <laughs> I'm so frustrated by it, but it's life, right? That's how, how it goes. Let the uh, luckily, show I did, that, and luckily yeah. I did have the kids. Let the record show that December 8th, 2019, Bella Nutt and Freddie Kitchens both made solid halftime adjustments. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Get the ball off, stupid. So that's what <laughs> Give I'm, me some pizza, Dad, you dipshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Stop crying, asshole. Go get me some pizza. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, honey, you're right. Let's go get that pizza. Um, what's your favorite bowl game of all time? Give me a bowl game that just stands out to you that matters. We all know the New Year's days, and it's all been changed. It's uh, all the different bowl games and the championships, and we're not complaining about it. But growing up, and I know they don't start for a couple of weeks, and you can throw out the Popeyes one as being one of your favorites because it's picture next to the picture of Popeyes. Holy Bahamas! But it was one of our our running jokes for a couple of years. But what's like the bowl game? that maybe most people don't think about that gets you fired up for some unknown reason. Well, uh, are you talking this year or are you talking like going back? I'm talking, I'm talking in general and then we can go into this. Okay, year. Like, like, like some people said a Rose bowl, like, you know, we all have like a game, like, but is it like, yeah. it might used to be like the blue bonnet, whatever bowl that was like on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah. So, so growing up, I was a Texas fan. So when they made the cotton bowl, you know, that's when it was a big deal to make the cotton bowl. Right. Right. Uh, right. And it'd be the early game. Most times on January one. Again, this is I want all you guys off my lawn because this is when the bowl games were on January one. <laughs> and the only time they weren't on January one is when January one was on a Sunday and they were on January two. Right. Um, so that was a big one. But I do have memories as a kid and, and as a non kid. You know, when when they pan that Rose Bowl and you see the scenery and the colored end zones and it just feels like the Rose Bowl. You know what I mean? And, and right. I've checked yeah, a lot of absolutely. things off my football bucket list, but it hasn't been the Rose Bowl yet, and I, and I want to do that. Um, you know, games I remember a lot of them when Texas finally won the national championship with Vince Young, and they came back against oh. that awesome USC team. That yeah. that was one. Uh, when Tyrell was playing yeah. for Northwestern, they were playing in the Sun Bowl, and the same guy returned two onside kicks for touchdowns. I was sitting in a hotel room yeah. somewhere watching that. I could go on and on and on, that. and I'm glad you brought this up because shout out to Sean Lewis and Kent State, uh, a program that's budget is like similar to this podcast, right? And they've been dismissed <laughs> yeah. for a long time. And when they went to that bowl game uh, back in 2012, they hadn't been there since my mom was a student there, you know, which right. was in the 1940s. And so for this team, uh, this is the hand they were dealt. Non-conference games at Wisconsin, at Arizona State, and at Auburn. Yep. One non-conference yep. home game against Kennesaw State, a power in one double A. That's a tougher. That's a tougher schedule than freaking yeah. Clemson play. And Go they ahead. got hot. Kent State got hot at the end of the year. They won on the road on Black Friday. They're going to the Frisco Bowl. Uh, it's actually an interesting game because the other team, Utah State's quarterback Jordan Love, has has uh, declared for the draft. So it'll get a lot of love. But right. honestly. Uh, shout out to Coach Lewis and to all the flashes because that is a hell of an accomplishment. And, and you know, so many te- – 78 teams make bowl games, and they all run together, and they're exhausting. And over half the teams don't give a shit about being there. But I right. can promise you that Kent State will give a shit, and I can promise you in the football landscape that that matters. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you brought up that because, you know, we, we all go back and you have your feelings about four teams, eight teams. We all do. Everyone has, you know, how many teams should be. 
you know, can battle for the championship, and we can go back and forth on that. But I think you just said something that I think a lot of people lose track of, and it was always the pageantry and the coolness of the bowl season, is that every game wasn't for the national championship, but there was some pride in being in a bowl game. And I think there still is a pride, especially for a, a school like Penn State or Kent State. Um, there's so many schools that there's, like, there's a pride for being there. They get to play one more game. And I think in sports we forget, and, and I'm not blaming journalists or blaming any of us. It's just the world we live in. I think a lot of us forget the feeling of being, you know, the, the senior that knows he's not going to a, to a bowl game. He's not, going, he's not going to be practicing or going to the combine. That's it. You know, like this is it. I think there's something to the combination of a career uh, or combination even of a season to have that extra game. Uh, that's why it stands out to me. Uh, the one game, and the only reason that's brought me up, I brought this up, is because I remember, I want to say this is probably 2010-ish, 8-ish, around there, when Boise State, Ian Johnson, were played in the Fiesta Bowl yes. against Oklahoma, yes. and they, yeah, they ran all those crazy, that, like, and that's not my favorite bowl game of all time, but it's one that just sticks with me, because I remember that was like the night, that was a game at night, everywhere was crazy hungover it wasn't like this game and everybody thought Oklahoma you know everybody was everybody thought Oklahoma was just gonna get their door you know blow the doors off Boise State and I think it's Chris Peterson that was the coach at Boise State at the time and they ran every route the Statue of Liberty and then obviously everybody remembers they win the game they go to two points and, and Ian Johnson runs up to the stands and gets engaged to his, his girlfriend um I just it stands out to me now, there's a ton of Rose Bowls I can remember growing up um, but I think that's the cool thing about it's the last hurrah. I always say, um, you know, for as much excitement as it is about championship Saturday in college football, I'm always a little sad. You know, I always say, like, yeah. I'm sad because um, I know that my Saturdays are going to be different going forward, um, you know, it, it, for the rest of the year. Like, like, it flies by, especially with my, with my year now with baseball not ending until October. Um, you don't, you know, I don't get up. I don't get as excited for opening fo- opening day of football like I used to, because I just can't enjoy it like I used to. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I do enjoy the last six, seven weeks of it. And I know this Saturday, no offense to Army Navy, um, it's just going to be different. I know there'll be some Division Two, and I know I'm not supposed to call it Division Two or Division Three. I know there'll be some other games, but it's just not the same when you get, you know, 65 games all day long, and I can stay up till 2:30 watching college football. That to me is my pleasure of pleasures. So shout out to all the football players, all the coaches that made this year what it was. Um, think it's over. Can't wait till the bowl season. Um, who's your number? Who's who? Did the committee get it right in your opinion for the top four teams? I do uh, put it this way. Although I don't think there were easy decisions, I do think the committee got it right. However, I think what makes this playoff great and different from the others is that those three teams legitimately could win it, and it won't be an upset. Right. I, I just don't. Yeah. Think, I, Except, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You said three teams, right? Yeah. Yeah. Three teams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah if Oklahoma was to beat LSU, yeah. that would be a tremendous upset. Yes. It, um, no doubt. No but, doubt. But, yeah, if I, I just think, uh, you know, LSU is clicking and Joe Burrow is awesome. And, um, you know, Clemson has been under the radar. Who have they played? Well, nobody. But guess they're good, what? though. They're yeah, freaking they're damn, loaded. Yeah. They're, yeah. yeah, they're, yeah loaded. they're damn loaded. good. I, you know, I, everybody yeah, needs um, this rest right now, Dre, and I think Ohio State yeah. more than everybody, more than anybody else because they played three really good teams at the end. And it's just – it's a lot. It's a grind. And we've seen right. Ohio State teams with similar talent levels. I'm not going to get in this argument about, you know, who's more – we've seen them drop a game along the way because it's hard. No doubt. Right. It's hard. Well, this team had kids. no, no slip. Th- this team had no slip. This team had one lapse, and that was against a really good Wisconsin team in the first half. 
right? And then they hit the. I don't think they had a, but 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 I don't even think they had a lapse. I think they just got punched in the mouth yes. by a good team, yeah, right? And you know what? Is that, is that is, can we say that? Yes, right? you can. And, and and to me, it's a shame with college football when when it's so um, comes down to one play or one can cost you because. In college basketball, Dre, when you play the conference tournament, if you get beat, you go home, you get fresh, mm-hmm. you're still alive in the 64. Right. But when you right. have – the circumstances in the conference championship games in college football are so different because two teams are playing rematches, two aren't. You know, LSU right. could have right. lost the game and still gotten in. Like, the circum- in Ohio State just played Wisconsin in mid-October and whomped them. In Ohio- and Wisconsin right. is a really good program. Jonathan Taylor is going to be a first-round running back. You know they have offensive Jonathan line. T- yeah. um, Jonathan Taylor would be a Heisman cons- consideration yes. most years. Yes. Look at his numbers. <laughs> yes. Uh, over 1,900 years in all three years. Over 1,900 yards in all three years of college. Yeah. That's damn good. Right, right. And guess what? Jim that Leonard, their defensive people. coordinator, is a superstar and is going to be a big-time head coach yep. sooner than later. Right? So he's the yeah. guy that, has, that, that just six years ago, five years ago, was returning punts for the Browns because they had nobody else right. to catch the ball. <laughs> right, right, right. He should, have been, or he should have been our player a couple weeks ago when the Browns played the, Brown, yes. uh, the, played the Bills. Um, yes. Let me say this. Yeah. Uh, let, me, let me go to the soapbox. And you know I need to get on the soapbox because Jim Leonard and I are the same height so people can see, hear this in the back. If you're a kid out there, if you're a parent out there, um, and you're and things haven't gone your way, and you're willing to give up, you're willing to quit. You, you know, stick to it. This of you is not there anymore. The belief in you is not there anymore. Man, pick yourself up by the britches and look at what Joe Burrow's done with his life. Not that Joe Burrow was on the sink bottom, on the bottom of the sink. He was going to be fine. He comes from a great family, educated kid. He's a smart kid, a hardworking kid. But a year, two years ago, a year and a half, if I would have told you Joe Burrow was going to be the first pick in the 2020. 20 NFL draft, you would have laughed at me like I was crazy. Today, as we stand, if it's not Chase Young, it's going to be Joe Burrow most likely taken by the Cincinnati Bengals or the Miami Dolphins. And I know things have changed dramatically in the college football landscape and how you can transfer and move around. And I know it makes all of our skin itch a little bit when you got 18 quarterbacks going to different schools left and right in the offseason. And I still don't think the NCAA has completely figured out how to make the transfer rules work. Um, but it worked with Joe Burrow and LSU. And I think it's awesome how it worked. I think they better find a way to let kids that have graduated from school and haven't found a way to play. And you've heard me on this podcast day before, Zach. I don't want to be two-faced. I don't like the kid that doesn't win, I, win the job as a freshman or sophomore and goes, well, screw it, I'm leaving. Totally. Um, like, the kid that went to my, like, like the kid that went to Miami. But Joe Burrow stuck around for three years, went through injuries, went through other guys beating him out. He tipped his cap, didn't do anything dirty, didn't say anything dirty, and found another great situation for himself um, and made the most of it in the most positive way ever. You can say the same thing about Fields. Fields had a weird situation in Georgia. I don't know how Georgia didn't think he was better than the other guy, but I'm not a coach. I wasn't there. Circumstances are different. Maturity is different. But I just think the Joe Burrow story is really cool in the time when every kid thinks when it's not set up the way it should be for me, I should just leave. That's not exactly what Joe Burrow did, but he did make the most of his next situation. Um, and I think I just I love the story, man. I love it. I love that um, it's not about you or I, but I just love that we've known about this kid for five, four or five years. Um, and, and look what's happened. And very easily, it's going to stay to Ohio State and maybe never get a chance to play in the NFL. And you know what? Isn't else that is crazy cool? how circumstances yeah. work out? You know what else is cool about Joe Burrow's story? 
they were in fifth grade when he moved to Athens, Ohio, which is not an athletic hotbed by any means, right? No, um, right, not he, at all. He was part of a special group, and some other ones ended up being, you know, sons of of guys that were there because their dads coached football. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have to run right. to some private school. He didn't have to run to some fancy other place. Matter of fact, when Urban wanted him to enroll early, as has been the standard protocol. He right. didn't because he wanted one more high school basketball season with his teammates playing for Athens High School, not for some academy right. somewhere so, else. Right. He paid his dues. He did his work. He got stronger. He got better. He waited his turn. It wasn't going to come at Ohio State. Even when he got to LSU, there were other guys there. He wasn't promised anything. Now he's won the Heisman right. Trophy, and he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. And he did not have to go to IMG Academy or to some special quarterback school or to some other bullshit to do it. He played with his friends. He put in the work. He won. He lifted them to new heights everywhere he's been, Athens High School, and now at LSU. I mean, you should hear Odell and Jarvis talk about Joe Burrow. Like, damn, they could have played with that guy. Like, LSU finally got a quarterback. You know how scary that is? And when you turn on the TV on Saturdays, we've seen how scary that is. Yeah. That's that's Nick Sa- hey, hey, you can say what you want. Nick Saban's biggest nightmare in this season, it's not Tua getting hurt. It's LSU having a quarterback and willing to throw it the way they are. Yes. Because Nick Saban knows from being on both campuses and knowing how, this, how, how recruiting goes, if LSU is willing to open it up and they can find the right guy to throw to the athletes they have, they are going to be a bitch to beat for a very long time. Um, unintentional segue here. I'm glad you brought this up. Uh, the reason we couldn't record earlier today is because I spent two hours recording a Joe Burrow-only podcast with a lot of my colleagues at The Athletic. So uh, one one of the many reasons you should be on board with The Athletic, John Greenberg, a friend of mine who's the editor in Chicago, but has Ohio Wrote race, a great story. Wrote a great yeah, story. Yeah, wrote a great story on him. And, you know, came back and kind of traced the whole thing. And basically the high school offense was three plays and let Joe decide what he saw. Yep. And, and yep. LSU's kind and of one run play, right? That, right? You know? <laughs> Spread yeah. it out, let right. him read, let him make throws. Uh, I was there that night in New Philly when they trailed your alma mater at half, and they and yeah. had yeah. a great game plan. And in the second half, the kid just threw too many dimes. You just couldn't keep up with him. Um, but that that part – so what? it'll be Wednesday morning, probably the same time you're listening to this, but honestly, carve out an hour. Um, we talked to the NFL side of Joe Burrow. We talked to the Ohio State – recruitment and transfer side of Joe Burrow. We talked about LSU legend Joe Burrow, and we talked about Athens, Ohio, and how it's just embraced wow. and so proud of this kid uh, who's homegrown there and, and has done this. So um, I want you to make sure that you log on and do that for and, me. Yeah, I, this is – and look, I had, like you said, this is completely unintentional. I had no idea he did this. I just knew he blew me off. Um, but I already read John's story. They wrote, John does a great job. I've met him a couple times in Chicago. He's known Zach way too long. Um, but just talking about the economics of Athens, he paints, I don't want to give the story away. The story is just really good, really well done. Um, so check it out. And, and like I said, the Burrow story is great. I think the Ohio State story is great. Um, and, and what they accomplished and what Ryan Day went about doing um, and winning that game. I know some of you, Pete, I love you. Some of you were hyperventilating at halftime last Saturday when they were in Indianapolis. And I think the one thing I text our group and I said, you know, it's not like I never thought Wisconsin was going to win. And and I and you can call me crazy, call me whatever else. But I think I said at halftime, Zach, I was like, we're all acting like Wisconsin wasn't a top five team for the first two months of the season until Ohio State waxed them. And I think the one thing we forget in college football seasons, even at Big Ten schools like Wisconsin, a school that has so much, you know, so much talent and everything else, it is hard for most teams to maintain 
just what they're doing for entire season because of injuries and because like Ohio state, you know, you can lose your first and second corner and go to your third corner. And he's probably a three point, three and a half star, four star kid. Right. right? Exactly. But at Wisconsin, when you lose, when you lose your three star corner, or your three star tackle or your five star tackle, most likely you're going down to your two. You know, it's just the, the, the level after injuries and after guys disappoint, it's way different when you're not at one of those top, you know, five, six schools. And all like, you know, Wisconsin, Wisconsin had something that we should all respect. They have some freaking pride in who they are and what they are. And they played with it on Saturday. And I thought that was great. Um, I think Ohio State should be the number one team in everything that we said. To go back to all of this, I have nothing against LSU. I get LSU went to Bama and won. Uh, but when I look at the rest of their schedule and I look at who they beat, and no offense, we if we want to make the SEC to be out this big bad dog that we always used to make it, is, make it out to be, and I'm not pushing it down in the corners, Zach, but it's not what it was six years ago or seven years ago. And when I look at Ohio State beating Penn State, beating Wisconsin twice, and I'm not some, and I'm not like Ohio State honk. I'm not one of those guys. I just think legitimately Miami of Ohio wins the MAC. Uh, Cincinnati played in this championship game. These are the non-conference games and teams that Ohio State played. I don't get in all the numbers and everything else. I, I just think this is the one time in a long time, if it was up to me, it would have went OSU, LSU, uh, Clemson. And, yeah. and I'm saying that as a, as a person that I think that Ohio State-Clemson game is going to be – unbelievable we don't have to preview it right now um but legitimately whoever walks up that field <laughs> hold their head up damn there should get a, get a half of the trophy just for that yeah that's well, what they got to do the following week i don't have any problem with that thought Dre. I, I am convinced it was very close um i think they ended up ranking them in order of who had the best win and i think they just judged at alabama to be the best win and i think then to go womp georgia the way they did on a neutral site um probably right. was the icing on the cake and and you know you you're right ohio state had a series of good wins um ohio state played sought out a much tougher non-conference schedule you know conference schedules sometimes you you can't control who you play away right who has a good year right, right who starts out decent and then doesn't have their quarterback or doesn't have something by the time they come and get you right um you know, LSU's offense was really good, and as was Ohio State's. I mean, they played one close game, two close games all year long, right? I, I, right. I think if the if the end decision was based on the best win and whose quarterback was playing the best, then I don't have a problem with LSU being number one. Yeah, I, I, still I, really close. But yeah, like really I said, close. I'm not trying you. to argue and tell you that you're wrong that Ohio right. State should absolutely been number right. two. I, I, I'm not. I'm sure it was really close and then obviously just the way it was structured with Clemson being so good and being the defending champs and kind of just lying in the weeds, you know, and Dabo did what he does, started they calling got, people out. Zach, they got screwed. They got screwed though. They started the season number one, didn't lose the game and finished number three. Yeah, but like, you know, like think think about that. Like I, and I you can go through everything. Why do we make them number one if you're gonna screw them like that for their well, schedule? They, they they did now listen, they did schedule one non conference game that matters, Texas A&M, and then A&M ends up going 6-6 six sure. six or something like that, you know? Yeah, right, um, right. It just the, – the ACC blows, like, flat out I just know. sucks. I mean, and it's not their fault, but that's that's what it is. You know, the ACC right. – they're supposed to be two title contenders in the ACC, Clemson and Florida State. Well, Florida State fired their coach in October. You know, it's just – Right, right. It just right. wasn't happening. No, so, didn't um, Florida State – and you, and I've mentioned this to you, like, four times in text messages – Florida State reportedly raised seventeen to twenty million dollars from their boosters to get rid of their coach. Yeah, and we don't want to pay players. 
17 to 20 million dollars to tell Willie to go away. Yeah. Like that's what big time college football is, people. So when people complain about giving playing tickets to kids and and all the other rigmarole that we hear, think about that. Florida State was like, you know what? We just hired you, Willie. We don't like you. Let's raise twenty million dollars to get him out of here. It's time but to won't do that for. Rules. It is. Yeah, man. Is. Absolutely. All right, I'm, I only got a couple more minutes, and we that. So, what do you think about LeBron James and what's been going on in the NBA, Zach? <laughs> I was looking to talk some Garrett Cole. You know me. No, I, I do have one legitimate baseball question, and if I don't ask it now, it's going to get right, lost. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Do it, so, do it. you know, NFL free agency is fool's gold, like seven out of ten times. Yeah. Right. And NBA, right, right. even in the NBA, is starting to react with these ideas being floated around about a midseason tournament and all this shit. They realize that it's not about winning. They realize it's all about right. hype. But we, everybody we knows. Do, we do need to do a pod. We do right. need to do a pod about that, too. Go but, ahead. Ev- but kids, Dre, from eight years old know that July 1st is the day in the NBA, right? That's when all the player movement. And yep. guys talk about it two years in advance, and we count down and all that. And, and it's made its own industry. It's made – it's, yep. it's helped restore the NBA's popularity, even though a lot of old white guys, me included, want it off their lawn. It is what it is, right? <laughs> right so how right. is it that in baseball nobody knows when free agent starts? You know, how, how is it that just in the scan – I read more articles about Missouri's coaching search than I did about Garrett Cole and Stephen fucking Strasburg being free agents, right? Like, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing, just ancient, it's amazing. and it's just – like I said, hey. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it sure ain't helping a sport, that sport. Major League Baseball, and you guys all know this. If you know me, I love baseball, and I loved it before my job. Major League Baseball has an identity crisis. Um, they have allowed – they're a little bit like the newspaper industry. Don't nobody take offense. It's like the radio business, the TV business. They have, have somehow, some way allowed the game – like the situa- like the way the world works to pass them. And it's American – and this is all my opinion. And I still love the game, and I still – even before I had this job, I went, to, I went to a ton of baseball games and traveled around to see baseball games. They've allowed to pass them by and change um, without them really being a part of it. I know that they – I know because I've talked to people, and I'm, I don't feel like I'm talking out of, out, of, out of pocket by saying this. I know I've talked to people pretty high up in MLB uh, that, you know, they – like. MLB's thing is this, and I know a lot of people probably listening or work for companies like this. MLB realizes it has a problem, so they'll go out and they'll, they'll hire one young executive, one young hip executive, but then they don't change anything else. And when the one hip executive tries to give them ideas or other things that they should do, they tell them that's not how we do things. You know, we're, the, we're America's pastime. And I guess I'm going in a big, I'm going in a big way rather than answering exactly what you're saying, Zach. Why well, don't? But you I know. think that's the big issue. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's the big issue. Like they don't, they haven't figured out or how to capitalize. And like, in some ways, you don't have to be the NBA. You don't have to be Major League Baseball. I don't want to. There's certain things about baseball that I love. And I thought Jason Lloyd had a great story, and some people won't like it, but he had a great story where he talked to uh, Javi Baez, and I remember this. He talked to Javi Baez and Lindor who are best friends. And he talked to me like, he's like, why aren't you guys like NBA guys that want to play together? The structure of baseball, and I worry about this, and I'm saying this in all honesty, I worry about this on a personal side. Um, baseball is going to have to change some things, and I wouldn't be And I hope that we don't have a strike coming up in a couple of years because that's how daddy pays for new refrigerators and, and pizzas and Swimpsons for my kids. Um, and I've, you know, and I've been told, and I've been, you know, been around different guys and say, hey, man, save your money. We may, it may, one, a couple of years from now, it may take a little longer to start the season than it does usual. 
they've got to change some of the structures of how baseball um, is set up. Our friend Tom Reed sent us a text about NHL hockey tonight, um, and I won't say it verbatim, but a lot of what Tom said to us about the NHL, Zach, I think MLB is about four step pep steps in front of the NHL, but huge, humongous steps behind the rest of the victory. Yeah, so um, I got some thoughts on Odell Beckham. You heard of him? A little bit. That's all I've heard about on radio and television <laughs> over the last uh, – like, and, and look, we respect the Browns. They won a game. I'm saying my part. You say yours. But what else can be said? Like, we can, we can talk about it. We can give our opinion. Um, and, look, and, and, and Zach's better than, than I am with this. And I know I've talked to a lot of people on air already. There's a certain way to answer certain questions – to get your story out the way you want to and to come off the way you want to come off. Um, I'm not saying Odell's a victim. I'm not saying Odell has orchestrated all of this, but Odell could have put a lot of this smoke and made it go away by saying a few words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of takes out there on this, and I've read them. I mean, listen, I believe it's in the Browns' best interest to make it work. And I believe it's in Odell's best interest to make it work. And part of the reason Mm -hmm. it's in the Browns' best interest to make it work is he's already tanked his trade value in the process of this, right? Not only does he have an injury, but he's he's on camera telling guys to come get him, right? Like, there's just not value for a guy that gets older, that makes a ton of money, that has a reputation as a pain in the ass, and has an injury. Like, that's four strikes, not three, right? Um, Right, right. So... There, there's a scenario under which you have to move on, right? And, and it could involve him flat out making a request instead of using the media to make the requester instead of trying to talk cryptically about making the request. But Can I, I, I just say want to address friend? some of the things I've, I've said here. Um, Before you address it, let me say one thing. There ain't no way in the world if Andre Knott's running the Cleveland Browns, he ever gets to leave the Browns. He's stuck like Chuck. He's like my marriage. You bought in, you don't get to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I just had to say that. <laughs> uh, I almost said I mean something. It, I mean it. And I mean it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to start the podcast. Well, you probably figured it out. Living in your mom's basement is a lot cheaper than having to buy brand new uh, refrigerators. But I, I bit my lip. But now <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, Minnie calls me the other day. Well, that makes three people who have asked me if you live in your mom's basement. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. I, I was having the shittiest day, and I literally turned to Jen. I was like, well, my day's made. She's like, why are you such an asshole? And my wife goes, why are you such an asshole? <laughs> okay, right, so what have you heard about Odell? So listen, so he, he, in addition to the value not being there, I believe it behooves John Dorsey and Baker Mayfield and Odell himself to do this. I mean, one of the first things one of, a, a real smart NFL person told me when the trade was made, was, look, Odell has the fame. Odell has the notoriety. Like, if he can just win, then that cements what's going to end up being a really damn good career. And if this is a, you know, this is a bad year, this is a bad year. He's He's been hurt in other years. Right. Too. This was part right. of the, right. the package. He's been but, hurt since 2016, yes. by the way. Go ahead. Yes. And, 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 like, it can happen because there is a way, if, if you can not just swim, but if you can – surgically remove yourself from the muck of this Brown season and get to dry land. There has been some progress in many areas. It's just always mucked up by 
mm-hmm. questionable mm-hmm. coaching decisions, lack of maturity, and a side story every single week, many of which involve Odell, many of which, but not all, involve Odell yeah. Beckham. Okay? But yeah. a couple of thoughts here. Um, one, Odell has not killed the offense. That, that thought is not no. true. Um, they have struggled to get him the ball. Um, you know, he, he is hurt to some extent. I don't know. Uh, should he have had the surgery? I don't know. And, and I don't criticize doctors. I do stay at a Holiday Inn Express from time to time. Um, when he was Come running on. 23 Dr. fucking Dr. miles Dr. an hour in week two against the Jets, yeah. he certainly wasn't hurt. Doc, we'll hey, see. Dr. Mayfield, Dr. Mayfield said he should have had it. And that's the only person that matters. Yeah, that's yeah. he's the only person that matters in his world. That's for sure. Um, Just ask him. Just so, ask him. So the offense has, has failed on a lot of fronts. It still has a lot of good players. Um, you know, he Be- Beckham has not has not killed the offense. That 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 is a that is a falsity. Um, to the thought that get off my lawn, old people have been waiting for this, or the thought that he truly has not done anything detrimental to the team. Um, that's bullshit, guys. When when you are spending time pregame or even postgame telling people to come and get you, that's detrimental to the team. When you are putting yourself yeah. first. That's detrimental to the team. He's always done it. He's always going to do it. And I'm going to come out and say right now, I don't think the Browns need to trade him. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what any MRI, what any coaching change, what any coordinator change, what any anything is going to say. I do know that you don't win with guys like Odell Beckham. And unless he changes and there's zero evidence that he was, then he will never win a Super Bowl. So do do what you got to no. do accordingly. No. I'm going to say this, and i gotta, and I got to wrap this up, and we'll get back at it. I know you're going out to Arizona on Thursday. Um, and I'm pretty much agree with everything Zach said, but I, I want to say something that's convoluted backwards. I'll admit, I don't have it all figured out. I didn't have the same expectations for the 2019 season of the Browns that most people did. This isn't running a lap victory lap at, at all. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in the last three weeks. I'm very curious. I can't wait till next week's game. This week's game is going to be, it's going to have some oddities as well. Not much for as crazy and as nutty as this season has been, Zach. And you know I mean this. And if I did, don't if you don't agree with me and you want to call me out, call me out. But I'm I'm being honest. Not much about this season has surprised me. Um, I thought they were going to win eight or nine games. I'm not for all. The, I, I, at some point, I wanted to do a podcast just about the psyche of the Cleveland Browns organization and the psyche of the Cleveland Browns fan. Um. We've allowed a lot of the national attention to screw us up before the season, during the season, probably after the season. I think realistically, if we realistically look in the mirror and really look at where we were two years ago, two and a half years ago, a year ago, uh, we can talk about culture. We can talk about all this other stuff. But, dude, we – we, and I, when I say we, and I'm not saying it like I'm on CBD or whatever that show is. I'm not talking about the oils. Like, you have to crawl before you walk, before you run. Has there been a lot of – does a lot – do things need to change still? Are things perfectly set up in Berea? Absolutely not. And if they can get out of the way of stubbing their toe completely and making sure everybody makes the plane on the next two trips and, and just go out and play competent football, is the offense completely junked up and screwed up? And if I was Odell Beckham, would I have questions about it? Absolutely. That is fair. But to win football games – to win as many as they have in the AFC North, to possibly would keep your quarterback upright for 16 games and keep his foot out of his mouth for just one week would be nice. To possibly have a rushing leader, to possibly find a way to put 
two of the best rushers in football and make them positive on your offense. To Miles Garrett, man, he should he should he should make twenty million more for what's happened to the pass rush since he's been out. By the way, um, they don't have one without him. It. It's amazing. Like, and I'm no offense, and I'm not being negative. No offense to the you know the, 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 he is he is a game changer. We knew that, but you really see it without him out there. I guess what I'm getting at for all the dysfunction. And the Brady Bunch was the best dysfunctional family we ever saw growing up. And we didn't even realize that was a weird family to have, even though Sam the Butcher was, was hitting on the girl that was cleaning the house. It's a whole other story on a different time. I'm really not that, like, I'm not all about, like, it's not perfect, Zach. But it's a lot better than what it's been. And you might want to build off of a little bit of this. And I don't care who's pissed and doesn't like their role. We're going to come back and we're going to figure this shit out because if we can get out of our way for a couple more weeks, we can go to the playoffs next year. I didn't think 2019 was a playoff year. I kept saying that. I know you kept going against me about it. I know a lot. I didn't see it because I think you need to go through some of these struggles. I think especially the Browns organization, it needs to, it needs to go through all of this to somehow function and realize we have all this talent and we're still not better than Pittsburgh or Baltimore. We're still not better than these other organizations. This is the offseason where you look in the mirror and go, okay, we've attained football players. We've attained guys that can score, guys that can sack the quarterback. Now, how we function day in and day out is what will make us just a joke or we can become one of those teams we've been striving to catch up with. I can't believe I'm saying half of this, but I do believe it. I can, I can disagree with very little you said, but I can ask you this question to counter. Do we need to recircle the wagons with this bunch, or do we need to say, okay, we have collected those players, as you mentioned. We, we know we're capable of being better. Do we need to get rid of the guys who are always going to be me first? Uh, it's a great question. And I, great question. Um, we always say it's, all, it's about the Jimmys and Joes, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you, need, you can't have a ton of them. I think that is a great conversation. Because, and I think the greatest conversation, and I'm not a, I, I don't report on the Cleveland Browns. Um, you're one of my best friends, and I, and I, I haven't said this out loud to many people. If we want the real story on Odell Beckham, why don't we go to his best friend? I'm not telling you how to do your job. Okay. Somebody, well, let's close the podcast because, because, on this. Because, why well, is... let, me, let me say one thing and then close. Okay. Let me close on one thing. Because you say all the me guys. I think without asking you, our favorite player on the Cleveland Browns right now is... Landry. I love how Jarvis Landry plays. I love how he comes about it doing his business. Um, I don't like all his posts on Instagram. I don't like throwing parties, having parties set up on his birthday. He's not perfect, right? And some would say he was, and some in Miami would say he was a me guy. But you can have, my point to that, Zach, is you can have me guys if their heart is in the right place when it matters most. I don't know Jarvis Landry. I've never, I've never questioned him or never had you know, sat down with him. But from afar, he looks like a me guy that I can have on my, my team. Absolutely. He, he is a special cat. He's a really good player. He's a friendly dude. Uh, he's a pro's pro, right? He's, he's gotten excited and done some dumb stuff on the field. Toning penalty big time in a game. and Yeah, uh, a right. Little too, a little too much shimmying for under 500, right? But I hear you. Let me ask you this. Why is that guy who has mentioned a pro's pro, cordial, one of the nicest guys in the locker room, why does he suddenly not want to talk to the media? Because he knows the truth. He knows he don't want to tell anybody less than the truth. That's all. We'll talk to you next time on ADC. All right. Love y'all. Konnichiwa, refrigerator.